Imagine being a pet parent who loses a pet in a strange city. Your cat is lost in the dead of winter and you have no prospect of finding them. One of our guests today faced just such a scenario this past February. But in a joyous turn of events, Little Scooter was reunited with his mom six months later after a good Samaritan found him and scanned him for a microchip. Hear the amazing story today on The Family Pet Podcast. Welcome into the Family Pet Podcast, a podcast for curious pet parents where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. I am once again without Michael. I'm Stephen Shirley, and Michael had to uh, to miss this special episode. This was not on our um, this was not an episode that we had planned for, but last week, uh, I and uh, Alyssa, we had an interview with uh, Steve Wilcox with um, Data Mars with PetLink, talking about microchipping. And literally, um, the day after we recorded that podcast, we had our uh, a story come across our our clinic. When um, so today we're going to have the the players in that story. And so I am joined in the studio today by Danielle Nunnery and by Trish Olive. And I'm just going to kind of uh, lay out a situation. Trish lost her cat, Scooter, back in February? February 12th. February 12th. And lost him in a different city from from here. I moved from Austin, Texas. We're on our way. Look, I'm already crying. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, We were on our way to Murfreesboro uh, so I could be close to my... Daughter and grandparents. I mean, my grandchildren. <laughs> and um, we stopped at the Best Western in Franklin, and I had Scooter. And it's my fault. I probably should have had him carry. I didn't. I thought I'd be fine. I had him in the uh, in my blanket. I got a. We got out of the car, and he got out. And so uh, that's how it happened in Franklin. And so he didn't know where he was. I didn't know where he was, and that's kind of how it began. And it's been six months. So six months later, we come to Danielle as part of the story. Tell us about what happened. (laughs) Um, Well, whether this is good or bad, I'm not sure, but I've sort of become known as the cat lady in Franklin. Uh, So I'm a volunteer for Williamson County Animal Center, and I trap feral cats. I'm involved in the community cat program where we actually encourage our people to take care of community cats, having them fixed, vaccinated, microchipped, um, and then returned back to the location where they were found. And I got tagged on a post on Facebook that said, there's been a cat spotted behind Duluth Trading Company in Cool Springs. He's been there the last four days. Looks like they're feeding him, but maybe someone wants to check it out. Um, Ordinarily, on a Sunday morning, it wouldn't be something I could run out and go do. I have two small kids, you know, have to arrange everything. But my kids were staying with the grandparents that weekend. So I had Sunday morning free. I asked my husband, well, do you want to go see what I do when I trap cats because he had never gone with me before. And he was like, sure, I'll take a ride. 
So we went over to Duluth Trading Company when they opened at 10 a.m. And I walk into the store and I introduce myself. I'm Danielle. I'm a volunteer with the animal shelter. And I trap cats in the community, you know, who need to be fixed and vaccinated. And I heard that there was a cat here being fed. And every single person who was there, there's six people. Oh, we love that cat. We've been feeding him. We love him so much. And one man pipes up. Oh, he's finally stopped hissing at me. I think we're getting somewhere. (laughs) And so they just love this cat. He just showed up and they started feeding him. And um, said, well, we have a couple of things we could do. We could do, I could do nothing. Um, there was a woman there who was taking care of him. She'd come in on her day off and feed him. And um, she was planning on taking him to the vet herself on Tuesday. And this was Sunday. And so I was like, well, I could do nothing. And, you know, we just, I go home and rest is history. Um, or I can go ahead and see if I'm successful trapping him. I can bring him to the shelter on Monday and he can get fixed and vaccinated and then she and I can connect and we can figure out the next the next path for him and so she's like okay well if you want to try to trap him like more power to you go for it and so I got permission signed the paperwork and set traps Um, as I approached Scooter he was going all around figure eights around my legs and meowing at me and very excited about this box that I was bringing over to (laughs) him. And then he could smell something that smelled delicious in there, but he wasn't quite sure. And I put the trap down and I thought he was going to walk right into it. He was like halfway in and then he was like, nah, maybe not. And backed (laughs) out of it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just leave it here. And I went back and sat in the car and waited for him to go in the trap. Well, he was, he's like, this is what I get fed every day. Like this, I could do without that. I'm not going to risk it. And so I set out another trap along a a different wall and waited a a little while longer with a different kind of food. And so instead of a seafood, I opted for like a beef or whatever. And he was interested, but not interested enough to go inside. And seeing as I am the crazy cat lady that I am, I had tuna in the car. So I cracked open the can of tuna and brought it over to him. And he was very interested in the tuna. (laughs) And I drizzled a little bit of the juice on the concrete and he started lapping it up really quickly. So I threw a couple flakes in one trap and he got really excited about the sound of the can on the concrete. You know, that's that rustling feel like sound Mm -hmm. that it makes. And so I would do that and he would just go wild. Like, oh, my food's coming, my food's coming. So I made the can do that noise and put it into one of the other traps and walked away. Well, that finally got him to go inside the trap. But he didn't get trapped the first time he went in. So he went inside the trap, put his feet over the trip plate, (laughs) grabbed a piece of tuna out, took it, and ate it outside the trap. And I was like... You have to be kidding me. (laughs) And so my husband's sitting with me. This is the first time he's ever come. He's like, well, nothing happened to him. He'll go back. He'll go back. And so I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And sure enough, like two minutes later, he goes to see if he could get some more. And the trap goes down and we got him. So I put him in the car and I go tell the Duluth people, like, I got him and I'll be in touch um, after his surgery or whatever. Because at this point, just assuming he's just some cat that showed up, you know. Just a feral cat. That's right. Um, 
but I take him home. And this is not my first rodeo with a feral feral cats, you know, and I put him on my little table where I have this dividing fork that you can put into the trap. And so I can lift the door up and put food and water in there if they have to stay with me overnight. And that's what I did. And he was just chilling, looking at me like, yeah, that's cool. Well, thanks for the food. Any other feral cat would be like hissing, spitting, you know, scratching at the, the wire cage, just beating up their faces because they want to get out. And I was like, this just does not seem like a feral cat. So I when people on on a Facebook were very interested in the story as things were developing. And uh, I went to go put an update on there. And somebody had posted a, a picture from the original post back in February, a little screenshot of his picture on the thread. So I looked at it and I looked at him and I looked back at it and I mean every hair every marking on his face I was like I think this is that cat like considerably skinnier than he was in the picture but I think this is that cat so the woman's name who had originally posted the post was on there so I went sleuthing on Facebook and I found Cindy and I messaged Cindy and I was like I think I found your cat and she's like oh my gosh well it's not my cat I just posted that from my friend this is her number. So I tried calling Trish and it went straight to voicemail. So I said, Cindy, I've tried to call. It went straight to voicemail. See if you can get in touch with her and let her know I'm trying to call. And so um, I think then Trish called me immediately and uh, got in touch with me. And it's like, I'm not 100% sure, but I think this might be your cat. Do you have Apple? Can you FaceTime? And so we FaceTimed in my garage and I showed Trish, you know, him in the trap, and he's just hanging out, and, and yeah. And it, I knew it was Scooter. Yeah. I knew it, but she had to confirm it. Right. She Before, I just went it. and, like, handed him over. I needed some sort of confirmation, and I remembered that in the post it said he had been microchipped. So I contact my community cat coordinator at the shelter, and I said, is there anybody there that could scan this chip for me today on Sunday? She's like, no. So I called up Blue Pearl. And they're in, they've got a Franklin location. And I said, if I brought a cat in a trap, can you try to scan his microchip for me? And she was like, sure, yeah, sure. So she, I went over there. Um, she came out with the microchip scanner. And she was trying to do it through the cage. And it just wasn't picking up anything. And I, I was like, I, I know, I know it's him. You know, I'm just like willing it Come on, you got to try ding, Keep going, you know? keep going. And so I said, if you don't mind, like, I feel comfortable enough. I'll put my arm in there and try to scan him. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not scared. I'll do it. So I just made sure that I had my little divider, you know, in case he tried to bolt or something, I was ready. And she just popped her arm in there and like two seconds went by and there was still no ding and I was losing hope. And then suddenly it chirped and I was like, oh my gosh, he is microchipped. So I took a picture of the data Mars scanner and his microchip number and I, I asked Trish, like, do you have his microchip number at home? I texted her. I was like, this cat does have a microchip, but I need to confirm that it's your cat. And um, she's like, I don't know what I did with my paperwork. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll try to find it. And in the meantime, I filled out the found pet, uh, whatever little thing that you type in all your information about found pet. And... Uh, I don't know, maybe two hours went by and I got a text. Oh my gosh, Danielle, I found the paperwork. And so 
she took a, a picture of her paperwork <laughs> and I matched the numbers and I said, oh my gosh, it's I know. him. I know. And so then I contacted my community cat coordinator and said, you know, can I just reunite them? She said, yes, he never got entered into the system. You know, like this is all kind of on the outskirts of how things are done because it's on a Sunday. And yes, you can reunite them with that confirmation. So we met up halfway in Triune. Where? In Triune at the Circle K. (laughs) I knew it was Circle K. (laughs) And and yeah, we reunited Trish with Scooter. I just... You know, it was six months, and I mean, whenever someone would say the word scooter, my eyes would, I would always tear up. I just, but I was just starting to figure, you know, because it was snowing back in February. It was awful, and every time it would snow, I'd go, what is scooter doing? It's the not knowing what's happened to your pet that just literally just, Makes you sit. It really did. And I uh, I thought, how could he have lived through all that cold and rain? And he's never been outside. He doesn't know where he's at. He's not in Austin. He's in some strange town. And there were so many things against it. And so when I got that message call, I was like, what? No. No. And then when I saw my I knew it was him. And um I just can't believe it. And I'm just so glad I had a microchipped and you know, he's acting like he was never gone. I mean, he's just I thought his personality might have changed being out and no, I hate to even think about what he went through. But he's the same old scooter. He just lays around. He likes my legs, gets in between my legs. He's just legs. (laughs) Am I saying that wrong? Legs. 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 All good. Um, He's just the same old scooter you've never known. He'd been out into the, I call it the wilderness, and I don't know how he got to Duluth because it is 4.6 miles. I just call it five. I just, <laughs> yeah. It was five miles from where we lost him. And I'm just, I'm very thankful. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not crazy religious, but I believe in God. And I believe there's, maybe there's a cat God. And, you know, Daniel's my angel. And I don't know how it all happened. But I'm just so happy to have him back home. Well, Trish, we can hear, Danielle and I can see the love that you have for Scooter, and I I know that our listeners can hear your love coming through the microphone. So, so excited of of the reunion. Um, There is even more fun to the story <laughs> when when you when you got there and got the cat my understanding is I, i'm going to the vet I, i've made an appointment I, i'm doing it right now and the the connection danielle you're laughing can you can you walk us through that part is- so yeah so we reunite scooter with trish at circle k and you can see the change in his face go from it's been a wild five months to oh, that's my person. And his eyes softened and he knew 
that yeah. his safe. mom was there. And I, I have to say, I sat in Circle K for 45 minutes in the parking lot after Danielle and her husband left, just crying and holding him and petting him. It was unbelievable. So then I, I said to Trish, you know, keep him separated from your other cat and uh, here's a litter box, you know, an extra one and, and here's my carrier because it works and I know he'll get home safe and so I sent it home with her and um, and Trish asked me for some resources here in Murfreesboro for vaccination clinics so I gave her Beasley Animal Foundation's information but they don't do blood work or anything like that for senior cats so they referred her to Family Pet Health <laughs> and I called Trish and she told me the whole story and and she said and I have a I have an appointment with a Dr. Nunnery and I was like what <laughs> that is my sister-in-law <laughs> so it just snowballed it just kept getting more strange the more we went and she was like what it's your sister-in-law and she just couldn't believe it and um yeah so it was just wild how the events just kept, kept piling on what's well, it it's a fantastic story. It's something that it, on on Wednesday at our clinic, everybody was <laughs> could not wait to meet Scooter. The 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 He's rescue, a celebrity. He was our celebrity in our clinic, and just the story and 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 people were trying to explain it to instead of one person explaining it to everybody, <laughs> it was one person explained it to one person, and that person explained it. And by the time it got done, it was the cat had been found in Oregon or in Alaska, and but. But the 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 takeaway was just the that microchip works that the that the microchip doesn't track the pet uh, that that Steve in last week's episode explained it's not a GPS you can't use it to track the pet but it is a an identification that assists in the uh, reuniting a pet to the pet parent and that's what what happened here we. Um, Fortunately, it, it sounds like we still might have made the connection without, but the microchip is that piece of information that just gave that confirmation. And, and I, got, I got him sooner than maybe I would have. Right. I mean, it happened then and there because of the microchip. But had, had um, I forgot what her name was. Okay. Uh, Christy Kate. Kate at the least. Oh, they, she wanted him. <laughs> she was so, she, we talked for an hour and a half. They love Scooter. I'm going to take him out there, not this week, but the week after. Just say hi to everybody. <laughs> that have taken care of <laughs> yes, him. Yes. And I'm going to give them a hug and I'm trying to think what to take. And they all want to see Scooter. And I, like I said, I talked to Kate on FaceTime for an hour and a half and she's just a sweetheart. And, just it's just so funny how everything and when I heard that he had been being fed since the end of June or something I went you're kidding he made it to the end and how did he make it to Duluth if cats could talk oh my goodness you would have quite the story quite the story (laughs) yeah well I I wanted to say thank you I just when we heard it and I reached out to the two of you and said hey this is gonna sound really weird and especially the short notice but we just had this episode last week, and could you come on and be on this week? Um, so and then, and then I asked, uh, "Do you want me to bring Scooter?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't do podcasts, and I wasn't thinking. She, he goes, "Well, if Scooter can talk." 
not quite the best medium for a cat. And, and I was hoping that he wouldn't be meowing uh, angrily at us. Oh, but. he can't meow. He's, he just lost his meow. His, that's weird. the only that's the yeah. only significant injury that or or yeah. change that he's got. Yeah, so. basically, yeah. In so. that, but otherwise, in in good health. So um, pretty much, yeah, yeah. So it's bad teeth and and dehydrated, which right. you, you'd expect that. I, I don't know how he did it. I don't know, but I am so happy. He's and I loved Danielle. <laughs> I love everybody. So well, it's, thank you. It's been a fun from from the outsiders reuniting, um, seeing you two immediately hug and just um, the the excitement. So, thank you for coming on. Of course, thank you for your work, Danielle, yeah. in in caring for for feral cats and that that process. Is there somewhere if if people were interested in learning more about the work that you're doing? Yeah, is there somewhere that they can go? To, to learn more about, uh, is it trap and release? Is that? Yeah, so TNR, trap neuter, right? yep, trap, neuter, it's return now how we do. We don't release into a different location. We return to the location where they were trapped. And um, a good podcast for podcast listeners would be the Community Cat Podcast. And if they want to look online under the same name, um, that's a good resource um, if you're interested in TNR, there's also certification seminars that you can take virtually, and uh, that's, I have done that, and it's great, and you learn a lot. Um, it, I've been, I had suffered from not, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I was kind of getting bored. I, former vet tech, wanted something to do, you know, and so the pandemic happened, and I didn't want to be inside a building, and I thought, I'm going to get involved with TNR so I could be outside but still helping our cats in the community and so that's where it all started and really it's my jam like it's what I really love to do and I love to educate people about TNR and you know we we ear tip but it's it's just to help trappers in the future know that that cat's already been sterilized and vaccinated and that you know if they trap it again they can re-release it and, you know, not waste the veterinary resources and appointment slots that we have available. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think that it's a great thing. I think community cats are important um, when the population is stable. Uh, they do a lot for rodent control, snakes, all that kind of stuff. And then they provide a rabies barrier for the territory that they are in. And, you know, and that helps everybody. So, a really important cause and one that I feel really strongly about and I love to do. Well, thank you so much for, for coming in and joining. And, and Trish, I'm so excited for, for you and for Scooter. I know that I know that he is he is loving. I've got being lots home. of pictures if you want to see. <laughs> so we, we might try to post some of those on, on our show notes. But um, for those um, who are wondering, you know, where are you going to get your fun fact for this one? We actually found the the record of the cat who had been missing the longest so scooter had been missing for six months ritz the cat was missing for 16 years what? before being reunited <laughs> with oh. his owner thanks oh to a microchip so imagine that uh, 16 years apart no but, no uh, six months was, <laughs> six months long was long enough. enough so we're glad that we were able uh, that uh, that we were able to to join you in that process so uh, being reunited with Scooter, so yeah. So. And Dan- Danielle could 
Could you tell is an audience we're talking to, mm-hmm. like how they could look at the story of Scooter? Like I don't know how you do that. So my the animal center that I volunteer for had a little blurb about what went down. Um, I also have an Instagram that a lot of people were asking questions about. You know, well, what do you do when you TNR, and what do you do when you trap a cat, and what happens when you know you can't get to the clinic till the next day? Well, I kind of go through my what I do. Perfect. And. Um, and so if people want to follow me there on Instagram, it's at Wilco Cat Trapping. Oh, and that's that good to know. Is I my didn't Instagram. know that. Yep. <laughs> um, but also the Williamson County Animal Center. Is that where on, he's that, on? Uh, that Yes, that was at? where the post was, was posted from. But um, microchip clinics all over the country happen, you know, at animal shelters, you're Veterinary practice offers microchipping. You know, if you can do it while they're under anesthesia, getting their spay and neuter, that's, that's how scooter. That's even better. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just like a, a little poke, and they're done. Our animal shelter at Williamson County Animal Center, they offer Monday through Friday. You can walk in with your pet, and it's fifteen bucks, and get a microchip. Right. So it's straightforward. It very easy to do, and you know, if you don't want to do it, then you do it at the rabies clinic. They offer it then also. Absolutely. For for those listening, if you've not had your pet microchipped, I cannot, cannot um, encourage it enough. Uh, fantastic resource. So uh, I'm, we're going to wrap up today's episode of the Family Pet Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening at home. Again, get your pet microchipped, keep them safe, and uh, increase your chances of being reunited if they ever, um, if you ever become separated. But until next time, stay curious. The Family Pet is a podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe that the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. The Family Pet is a production of Family Pet Health, PLLC, and recorded in the studios of Spread the Positive Productions in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary-client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only. You should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on the things that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com.